Hello and welcome back to Grin and Burrow with me, Rebecca, and today we have James Perry. Yep. And we have Declan Barry. Hello there. So, James, what are you drinking? Cafe. Okay. Cafe. Cafe? What the hell's that? Coffee. Oh, uh, okay. Never mind. That was a bit slow. And then, Declan, you're drinking milk? I am. Yeah. Straight good, wholesome. Honest milk. Straight up. Straight from the teat. Straight from the teat. <laughs> Got a cow in the back garden. Caught the bastard trotting past the front of the house and thought, here you. Mon. Mon. <laughs> Should we start with the first question? I do that. Okay. So, first question is, what were you really into when you were a kid or younger than what you are now? Like, what's the main thing you're really into? James, I don't like that face you're pulling. <laughs> you're pulling a few stars like what's going on in his head here uh, what was I into when I was young dance music <laughs> what do you mean like proper like proper <laughs> 90s techno I loved oh, it geez. I was mad into it when I was yeah 13, 14, 15 I was mad into my dance music 16 probably what was that like scooter and stuff like that uh, yeah oh yeah. okay QFX, Ultrasonic, Bloody Bin Man, all these big agents. I, I loved it all. Um, Café Del Mar, the Energy 52, it was a classic. So th- there was that, and then Gaelic football. I'm still massively into Gaelic football in Harlem, but whenever, from the age of about eight until about 17, whenever I got injured, or 18, whenever I got injured, Gaelic football was an obsession with me. I wouldn't even say a hobby. It was an obsession. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that they're probably the two big things that have changed. And it went from less of an obsession now to yeah, actively watching it and supporting it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and it's went from dance to Def Leppard. No, no, that's always. It's always there. Rock music has always been there. Um, the, the two albums, my two first albums I ever bought, the very first one was MC Hammer, Can't Touch Us. Oh, classic. That was, and the second album I ever bought was Def Leppard Paramania, which is again a ph- phenomenal album, still is. Now, I've always been a hard, I've always been a rock music fan all my life. Okay. I actually, we had to write in first year. What age are you in first year? 10 or 11? Something yeah, like. eleven or twelve. Yeah, something like that. Um, we had to write about who are you and put it down in the back of your form room, and it was all about and said, "What's your favorite hobby?" And I wrote Def Leppard. That's pretty never, cool. It's never changed. Never changed. <laughs> I love my good old eighties glam rock. Oh yes, Declan. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Just to add a mental image there of James. I was kind of big fish card boxing. The here's the man on the ice cream van. Uh, just uh, you know, getting trying to remember a bit of, of uh, scooter. I don't know. I was never in the music. Never, not when I was younger. I couldn't be arsed with it. Um, what a way! What a way to I describe it's been like music. I couldn't be arsed with music. No, no. But do you know what it was? I, I couldn't be annoyed with it because I was the youngest of four, and there was about seven years between each of the previous. 
and they all had their own thing. So I never realized that there was other stuff going on outside the house. I had to listen to all the stuff that was going on inside the house. So I would be listening to I were really random. I mean, even if you look at my last played tracks on the car now, it'll go from Dean Martin to ACDC to, you know, whatever uh, because of there. And I probably had a bit of an unhealthy obsession with Gloria Estefan because my sister <laughs> was well into her at the time, you know. Um, but uh, the more of an, an obsession than the average 11-year-old boy should probably have on Gloria Estefan at the time. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, it was sport for me. I was just always out. I was always out. I was playing killer football at the weekends. I was training twice a week. I was playing soccer ball twice a week and playing at the weekends. Um, and then, yeah, that was pretty much it. That mm. that was it. I was always going to and from something sport-related. And then it was only after that I kind of discovered that there were other things. But you couldn't... Uh, I wouldn't have been annoyed with all that other stuff. And and plus, see the whole dance music? I always laugh. I can remember. There are two things I can remember about music from being younger. One was close friends of mine who were big into dance music trying to get me to go to places like, um, what do you call the one that used to be at Queen's? Shine. Shine. Trying to get me to go to Shine or trying to get me to go to Kelly's. And I had no fucking interest in doing either thing <laughs> sitting there with music it didn't particularly like it just sounded like noise to me watching some moonbeams off their head on whatever <laughs> and trying to be the one that didn't end up in an ambulance by the end of the night i just i can't think of a worse night out than that in my <laughs> life and i can remember them sitting going oh you've got to learn how to dance how to rave and trying to actually i remember sitting in someone's living room once with them standing there dancing trying to teach me how to do this kind of dance music dancing i go i am six foot five <laughs> i will look like an absolute twat trying to do that sitting in your living room so at that point it just it just happened and then the other thing i remember was we went through a phase being a close circle of friends god rest him a friend of mine died in a skiing accident whenever we were we were still we only first year university he went off to america and he he, he was killed in a skiing accident but we had an unhealthy obsession with Bon Jovi and uh, all these sorts of things. And I remember one exam, uh, it was one of these tests in school. It didn't didn't really mean he anything. Was, he was living on a prayer, was he? It, he he was living on a prayer. <laughs> and not only that, he, he decided as a, in a European studies class, he decided to write his answer to the exam question as the entire lyrics of living on a prayer uh, <laughs> for the, the thing. So I can remember um, oh, just waiting for about two weeks. It was one, everyone did the test, and then it was about two weeks later, and everyone was dying for the teacher to come back just to see what he would say about living on a prayer. That's brilliant. And he says he says they ended up putting it up in the school staff room for people to try and guess what the song was because they ended up having a competition around it. So it was so ridiculous. I don't think they even bothered punishing him over it. But uh, he was a he was a good lad. Unfortunately, God rest him. But he. Uh, uh, that that's the two things that I can remember. I can kind of remember the dance being a big thing and me desperately trying to avoid it. Um, and uh, yeah, the eighties uh, power ballads being a big part of of uh, probably again an unhealthy part of it, but a lot of fun. Bit a of lot of fun. Good, bit of good old white snake there as well. Uh, oh. Do you know what I can remember as well? And just on the on the on the GAA thing, I can remember, and this probably dates it. Um, I can remember being on a bus with St. Paul's GAA going down the road to Dublin to watch a match at Croke 
and at the time D-Ream, things can things only get better. get better. Like their only <laughs> smash hit. That's that's Fuck, Nick, someone that was someone was in control of the, Yeah. You know Some why that is? Bastard that was... must have put that on twenty-five times on the bus down to Dublin. I could have been at the time. I was thinking things can only get fucking better from this shite. I've heard <laughs> it a fifty times. That was Labour's election change. Remember that? It was, and oh, it kind Jesus. of annoyed me as well. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, I always think my favourite D Ream fact is your man Brian Cox was the keyboard player. I uh, and your boy the, the TV from Derry, the TV physics guy, and then the guys from yeah. the, the things from Derry. <laughs> But um, a couple, a couple of wee things. Not just for people in Azerbaijan, right? Yes. Moon, moonbeam means lunatic, and <laughs> uh, and, tw- and twat means Declan. <laughs> <laughs> it's old. It's old Gaelic. Aye, aye. Um, but the, I was very, very lucky whenever my obsession with Gaelic football started. The reason being that, right, first of all, I'm from Lockhart Island, so that's a rite of passage. You know what I mean? It's predominant in schools. You go and join the club whenever you're seven or eight years of age. There used to be a fellow used to literally on a Friday night travel around the whole parish with a van, shoveling us into a van, and we went to training. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a worker's van with about 20 youngsters in the back. Um, and that's just what happened. But the biggest thing was down when to all Ireland's, and I was 11 years of age and 14 years of age whenever they won them. And that was just, I have to say, some of the greatest memories of my entire life was just, you know, being able to go to an Ireland final at the age of 11, mm-hmm. being in the middle of Hill 16, in the middle of 15,000 lunatics. Um, Which is Moonbeam in Northern Ireland. Aye. Uh, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing, you know, down coming here, they went to Brennan's shop in the parish and basically everybody arrived and, oh, it was just the memories. And it's been stuck bumper to bumper coming home after winning the All Ireland for six, you know, six hours it take from Dublin to come back to home, mm-hmm. and you didn't care. Uh, just you were on your on the crest of a wave for about a year because you were All Ireland champions. That happened twice in my formative years, and I have to say that was just unbelievable memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was never in, I'm still not into dance music. There's like the proper scooter stuff, but I probably was obsessed when I was about four with ABBA. I think I said this before, but yeah. So I used to sit and get my hair done for primary school with the ABBA box set, just watching like Waterloo and stuff. So probably obsessed with ABBA, so that was great. They are good tunes. But then I kind of had the same as you, Declan, where my brothers are all older, so I've had different stages of music. But I love it all, apart from like the dance and trance situation, not really into that. But yeah, so they're all keeping me going on work because I know all the old songs and I'm like, how do you not know who this is? <laughs> but yeah, have to be ABBA, love ABBA. Yeah, a, a lot of 70s disco was really good. Yeah. Even Jackson 5 type of stuff. Yeah. I went, I was into my uh, disco dance music phase as well. <laughs> this must have been... All spandex. 94. All spandex all the time. Sorry, 2000, 2004, 2005, I remember winning the dance-off in the Groove Train, which was the, the, the Friday night disco thing in the M Club in Belfast. And I won it. And I was the only sober person in the entire bloody building, and I want. Can you can you give us a wee demonstration of one of your moves? Nah. Nah. A wee, no. Okay. Yeah, it was all it was all around the pelvic area. <laughs> the pelvic Ulster thrusts. Has suffered enough. Yes, yes, it was pelvic thrusts, and uh, Ulster has definitely suffered enough. <laughs> we don't need to see it again. 
absolutely right. And <laughs> so in 2013, in 2013, I went back to relive my glory days just before the, the group train um, died of death. And it was at a leave and do for whenever I worked for, for WKD. And we all got, we got properly done up this time. So we had all the wigs and had all the, you know, the medallions and all that sort of crack. So I says, right, I'm going to have a go at this again. And there was a couple of things. Number one, I was fit then. I was actually fit in 2013. I was going to say, and now you've got a hip replaced. <laughs> no, there's not a mission I could do any of that. But in 2013, no problems, grand. And also YouTube was there. So I devised this routine to blow apart the, the groove train. And I came sack. I came second, right? And I remember the boy, I can't remember what his name was, but he was up on the platform and he announced the result and the whole crowd booed because I came second. That's the God's honest truth. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> There's a Disney movie in that somewhere. I can't believe you were robbed like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cinderella or something like that. <laughs> Throw down your wig. Woo. <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> so, yeah. Good old James Perry's new James Perry's new groove. Yeah, it was it was particularly <laughs> music from 1969. On that note, we'll move on to number two. <laughs> but again, that was more useful way before he had his hips. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. So the next question is: Was there ever an event in your life that defied explanation? I could say this week, but I'm not going to go into that. Uh, <laughs> I'll pick that up better. Mm -hmm. I'm actually trying to think of what I would answer to this as well. You know, travel does that for me. Genuinely, travel does that. I mean, I, I think um, because I was always, I, I was lucky when I was younger. I used to go out and holiday with mum and dad and stuff, but maybe go to Spain, whatever. Um, but that was all very you know, one way and everyone still had the same accent as us because it was, you know, we've got a holiday resort, everyone's still from here. But I think whenever you travel properly for the first time, um, I remember traveling when I was about 16, 15, 16, over to Canada, up into the Rockies. And we kind of did the, th the trail up from uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Banff, Lake Louise, Whistler, up in there. I can remember being up there and just waking up because you go, holy fuck. I mean, this is completely different. This is a whole, whole, whole different world. And I can remember at that point being up there and sitting on my own and kind of going, all right, I want to see more of this. I want to do more of this. This is, this is kind of what I want everything to be about is getting to, to new, new places and different places and meeting different people. So I think, I think, I think travel does that. I think when I was about 16, 15, 16, I remember having one of those moments and I was sitting at a cabin just with my feet up, looking up at the Rockies and going, holy shit balls, this is, this is a bit different. So I think, I think that's where it is. Travel always does that for me. Whenever I go somewhere that's completely unique or different, I haven't been before, it kind of lights a wee match that says, all right, we need to do more of this. This is, this is the way forward. Yeah. You know, touching on that, it's very interesting to say that, Dagen. What defies explanation, I was talking to a fella on well, on Thursday, sorry about this, is the stuff that you think is going to buy mm. explanation, but it doesn't, and it's the unknown that wipes you out. So I'll give you what I mean by that. 
so as you know, I love my travel too. I love the wonders of the world and all that sort of stuff. And I've been Machu Picchu and things like that. Now, Machu Picchu, I thought was going to blow me away, and it didn't. Um, it was great, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it. But I thought it was going to defy um, explanation for me. And the same whenever I went to Egypt, I went to a place called Abu Simbel, which I always wanted to go to in my life. And I thought that was going to defy um expectations or explanations and it didn't i ended up two days later in a temple built by a pharaoh called hapshetzit and i literally stood was in the steps crying my eyes out i was all over the place and we bit like declan in terms of the rocket this mountain just wrapped itself around it literally wrapped itself around you and how they physically built this temple into the side of the mountain three and a half thousand years ago mm -hmm. i was completely dumbfounded i was awestruck but I wasn't expecting that at all. So it's, it's funny how things like that crop up whenever you least expect. That was kind of like for me going to Skelly because I originally was going there because I was like, oh, Star Wars. Blah, blah, blah. But whenever I got to the top and we were looking out, I knew America was this direction and it's so quiet. And I'm going, this place is just unreal. Like there was no noise, mm. just a couple of birds and the water. And uh, yeah, so I know what you mean by that. So yes. And then you're kind of sitting thinking to yourself, as you say, Declan, you need to do more of this. This is why, I, but that, that's the problem is you get you get wrapped up and the whole thing of defying expectation always happens when you don't expect it. I mean that's 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 the nature of it. That's because it's it's always a genuine surprise, right? So I I, I find there's very few. I mean there's uh, and I'm working hard to stay very positive because I remember growing up in kind of the area I grew up in and things that were obviously going on here at the time. There were some things that happened at that point that just went that that just can't happen. That's just not. That shouldn't happen. That's mm -hmm. bizarre and shouldn't happen. So I'm, I'm deliberately staying away from that, but because I'd rather use this question to stay positive. So I, I, I think it's when you're not expecting it and things just come along. And sometimes when you meet people as well, I, I always find uh, even in the, the real simple stuff, sometimes I find myself out walking the dog or else doing whatever and I'm maybe sitting down in the park and someone sits down and you end up having a chat and you end up having a really unbelievable conversation with a perfect stranger who knows someone or tells you something or whatever and then that uh, gives you so much more value out of what was going to be i fucking need to take this mud out for a walk before you know mm -hmm. it gets too dark yeah. so whatever that's that's kind of where i look at it it's always when you're not expecting it and it's always something that that gives you just that different feeling than than, than you expected to have and whatever you were doing yeah i like that whole term expect unexpected because why would you want to know if you know what I mean, that makes sense. I'll tell you one of, the, one of the bizarre things, and I always think there's a there's a drive here, and James, you'll know it very well. See, whenever you're driving from Belfast to Newcastle, mm -hmm. County Down, and just after you get past kind of Downpatrick turn off and you're, you're turning there, and you're on that big sweeping route that comes around, and you can just see farmland, and then all of a sudden it opens up and you can see the water. And you can see the morns, and you can see, them. and it comes out of nowhere. That's, I, that's, hit, that's going from clock to Dundrum. Yeah, clock to Dundrum. It just hits you like Mike Tyson as you're driving around that corner, and you go, "Wow." Yeah. You know, how lucky are we to have this? So I always find that it's always that kind of uh, stuff that always always gets me. And again, touching on that, as I had a, a conversation with this this fella on Thursday, and I said about. I believe the Morns is one of the most beautiful mountain ranges in the world. I mean, what are you talking about? 
And I said, well, hold on. I've been to the Andes. I've been to the Himalayas. Um, I've been to the McGillicuddy Rakes in the south. But is there any mountain range more distinctive than the Morns that I know of? Rather than just a load of jagged peaks, you know what I mean? Mm. So I can completely get that in terms of whenever you see the Morns from certain angles, it's unbelievable because they're so distinctive. Yeah. And they're so rolling. And then you get the, the rogue of... Um, Berna, the Devil's Bite, being with all those granite tours, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's very dramatic, very dramatic. And there are different angles in County Down, the way you can see it. You know, there's a place called the Windy Gap, which is just outside Castle Allen, and from it, I think you can see something like friggin' seven counties or something, you know? So, and the whole range of the Morns from a very different angle, so, no, I completely get that, like. So, yeah, we're getting very philosophical. But we are? Shall we go for question two? Yeah. Let's go for question two. Okay. No, we already did question two. What am I about? Let's go flashcard Friday. That's the one. That's the one. Thank God someone's on the ball today. Uh, so, the first... That's because you had an Indian last night? That is. Jal Jal Chicken. PRS. So, we'll do one flashcard Friday and it is Marmite. To be honest, I've never tried Marmite. Uh, I hate it. Okay. Is it like stock cube or what's it like? I've never had it. I'm going to be honest yeah, I've never okay, had it. Okay, okay. It's, it's just a good old saying, Marmite, love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't really appeal so to me. So you're saying you hate it even if you haven't tried it? I was trying to actually do a wee small funny joke off the side of that normal cliched saying, but it didn't work, Rebecca. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you want to redo it and then we can laugh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried it, Declan? No. Why no? take the risk? It's like, you, know, you either love it or you hate it. There's stuff out there I know I like. So I'm going to take the risk on this uh, Russian spuds. roulette. Spuds. Just give me more spuds. Spuds with a bit of Marmite? <laughs> There's no spuds in fruit. There is not. As There's a wee quote from the previous week's episode. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah. I would try it, but... I thought I would have liked marmalade, like orange marmalade, and then I tried it on toast, and I was like, this is just not good for me. What? Mar- you marmalade? don't like marmalade on toast? No, it's just so, like, I don't know. There's a weird taste. Now, I like jam, but marmalade. I like lemon, like marmalade, but orange marmalade, I'm like, yeah. Lemon marmalade? You mean lemon curd? Yeah, yeah lemon curd, that's what I mean, sorry. <laughs> Same shit, different day, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know, marmalade wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be for me now. Uh, no, I just oh. never had the desire to play Russian roulette with my condiments. If, if people say this is this is probably disgusting, well then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. Let's <laughs> go back to a conversation a couple of weeks ago with a wee crappy ramekin full of uh, tomato sauce. Oh. Don't mess with my condiments. <laughs> no, this is it. Just. Just give me the bottle. That's all they ask for. It's not a lot they ask for. It's just, you know. Hmm. I mean, we went yesterday for a bit of breakfast. Where'd you go? Poached egg. Oh, yes. Of, actually, lovely place called Toasted, just outside, uh, or just in Carriedoff. Oh, I, oh, I've been there. Um, bit of scrambled egg, or sorry, bit of poached egg, some bacon, some sourdough. Perfect. Just want a bit of red sauce to go on the side of it. And brought this thing. It, it was like a bottle top. Even there? Even there. 
nice lovely woman in there because I could I know her well enough I could just say here wise up gives the bottle and she gives me the bottle uh, but uh, yeah it was just a wee it was like the bottle top it was about a, I, I don't even know how to get the sauce out of it am I supposed to dip the thing into it am I, am I supposed to pour it out what, what am I supposed to do with this I don't even know how to how to, how to approach this situation so uh, yeah do you prefer do you prefer like the squeezy bottles or a glass bottle no, that's such a random question, but you know a way you have to like. See, you do get more control with the squeezy bottle. You do well, control the situation better, but you also get bonus sauce with the glass bottle because you put on your first one and you never get enough, and then you go for the second one and then you get a fucking flood that takes up half your plate. So then you've got to do the thing where you get a big spoon and give it to the person beside you. See, <laughs> I think I think James has just died. But you don't do your shares. That's not where I expected that question to go, but there you go. <laughs> I, never, I never thought that on a Sunday afternoon, recording for a Friday, would I ever be, would I ever be talking about the mechanics of, of, of red sauce. Hey, expect the unexpected. You never know what's around the corner. You never know. I'm at this point. And then sometimes, then sometimes it doesn't want to come out at all. Sometimes it teases you. And you got fun. It's just... It's just you're beating the shit out of it, and it's still not coming out because there's a wee air pocket over the top of it. So then you've got to get your wee spoon and stick it in to try and break the air bubble, and then it comes out like Jesus. It's then it's like someone's got then it's like a scene from Casualty. It's fucking flying everywhere. <laughs> this, 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 this is also harking back to hobbies years ago. <laughs> the four ramekins. <laughs> but that's the same. Do you know, it's the same when you're trying to open a jar. So if you get, uh-huh. say if you get like Doritos and you get like the wee jar of sauce that goes with it, and for hell or high water that fucking lid won't come off. If you, <laughs> you stab it. it, if you stab it with a knife and break the air pressure, it just comes off. Nice and easy. There's also another way we used to do that in the picnic. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but we used to have jam, and you can never get the lid open. So you go to a nice wee corner bit off your whatever the kitchen thing is, and you just go off the corner, pop straight right off. It's great. Well, that usually works if you smash the, th- the jar. It's, I will see there's a technique to it. It's like the whole the nice expressway. thing. <laughs> you want some jam? Let me smash it around the back of the head with the jar. <laughs> Shall we wrap this episode up after that? <laughs> what was the question? The question was, Marmite. <laughs> uh, let's wrap that one up. Okay. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and any of the other podcast outlets. You can also follow us on Instagram at Grinberg Podcast NI and you can email us at Grinberg Podcast at G- NI at gmail.com. That's the end of this episode. Thanks. Goodbye. Take care of your condiments, kids.